Hey everyone, it's Meredith Griffin from Major Crush. And Lou Zant, man, and we are so fired up. Meredith, can you believe the views up here? I don't think, I know we've taken some photos, but they're not going to do the view justice. No, no, you You really you have to experience it. Well, we're at the very, very top of Howell Mountain. Yes, sir. And, uh... And I just chanced upon this one day. It's a long story how I ended up meeting Phil up here. My goodness, just sometimes Providence is so awesome. You know, you meet people. And I just love this guy from the very first time I met him. I mean, we happen to be the same age and kind of have the same vibe on a lot of different things. But, I mean, this guy, we don't even deserve to be up here. He's like, <laughs> he's like the monster winemaker. So it's, we're with Phil Steinscriber. Phil is very, very famous uh, for being the winemaker at, of course, Diamond Creek. And I can't, we're, we're later Ooh. we'll get into all the accolades that Diamond Creek, ooh, and That's Diane, such a good sound right now. pouring a beautiful 2016 watermark. And let's just give the setting. So you mentioned the beautiful view, yeah. but it's a cool, chilly day here. Mm-hmm. And they have the most amazing fire that we're sitting by. And it's now they're cozy. pouring red wine. No, um, we're not leaving. I know. They didn't realize they just invited us to stay for the night, did they? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I guess we'll have to break, break out the sausages and steaks. Oh, I think so. I think so. I love it. Yeah, it's so just cozy. And I love this place. And you told me that when you guys got it or first saw it or said it was all in overgrowth and everything. It was. I did. All this was in forest, including our neighbor's place. Oh, my gosh. And so, was the vineyard clear? N- no, there was nothing. There was all forest. You had to clear forest. it for the vineyard. We cleared everything. So mm-hmm. how long ago did you do that? How long have you been in this property? Oh, we, we bought this place in 13, remodeled in 14. This house was a mess. And Diane could tell you that. She's got a story about that, too. I bet. And um, uh, we started the process in about, I guess, 17. And it took us a couple years to just get all the permitting done and uh, all the plans and the archaeological studies and the biological studies and the, mm, like and the handouts. Welcome to California. From everyone. Right. And is and some of that also part of, because you were going to do the vineyards, is in terms of knowing what kind of soil and all of that, so the type of vines that you should be growing or the type of um, well, rootstock you should be planting. Is that part of know, that process too? part of it, yes. And, uh, um, I mean, Diane has a great story about our our place here. Oh, we need, um, we're going to need to get Diane in here to tell oh, yeah. the story. Diane's his wife by the way yeah. sweetheart yes yeah. yeah she's pretty good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna have something to say about that there. so we were able to uh, study the soils i mean mm-hmm. this is how mountain one of the best places in the world i believe to grow cabernet mm-hmm. i know so. i try to describe it to friends that are coming in or people i'm i'm touring and i, I just go i mean how mountains an icon Absolutely. It's just an icon, you know. Mm -hmm. You think about how many 100-point wines came off of here. One of the most famous wines, I think, ever is the 99 Dunn. And we're right right, across the street. We're, like, looking Mm -hmm. at his vineyard right now across the Mm -hmm. street. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I just, I love it. I mm-hmm. think what would be, I mean, there's so much I want to dive into, and I want to go to the history of how Me you ended too. up here. But while we we're talking about Howl Mountain, let's share with our listeners why. What is it about Howl Mountain that makes it so special for growing this stellar Cabernet? 
Well, the climate, I mm-hmm. believe. You know, mm-hmm. the it, there aren't the extreme lows and the extreme highs here. Okay. Um, the valley floor, if it's a hundred degrees on the valley floor, it's ninety or ninety-two degrees mm-hmm. up here. Wow. Okay. And what elevation are we at? Up we're here? at twenty-one fifty. Twenty-one fifty. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And at nighttime, um, it could be. Uh, 45 degrees in the valley, mm-hmm. and it'll be 65 degrees. Here. So the, the, oh, not as big yeah. of diurnal swings That's up right. here. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems to moderate it a little bit better. Um, and also we're above the fog. Well, right. Definitely. Um, so we get more ultraviolet light, mm-hmm. and that penetrates to the skins of the berries mm-hmm. and, uh, and gives them a suntan, basically. <laughs> What's the uh, soil up here? This is Aiken Loam. Aiken Loam. Yeah, and it's actually, it runs almost all of Napa, of uh, Howl Mountain. Yeah, I've heard mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Good drainage. Good drainage, red soils, iron rich. Yeah. Um, and we're east, kind of east facing, but we're fairly level as well. So um, you, we're, we have a great aspect to the, to the sun. And to give you guys a little uh, word picture, we're about halfway into the valley, uh, directly across from St. Helena. Mm-hmm. And I guess down at the bottom of the mountain, it's St. Helena, right? Is, yes. Is that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So gives you an idea. We're sort of between Rutherford and Calistoga. and mm-hmm. We're on the eastern. A couple thousand feet just above. Just in case Howe Mountain is the eastern side of yeah. Napa Valley. You're about seven miles east. Okay. Well, okay. you're kind of a mountain man because Diamond Creek uh, was just on the other mountain, right yeah, across the valley, that's right? right. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, dive into that. So I think that's where we kind of started when you introduced them. Is that's where your wine? Well, actually, that's not where your winemaking started, not right? Really. Because you started. Mm-hmm. You were in Germany. No. Israel. No, Israel. Israel. I yeah, think. I started yes. in Israel. Yeah. And you know, you were making kosher wine. Tell me about kosher wine. Like, really? Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I, I think I know. Yeah, uh, I think that's been be... blessed by the rabbi and but kind of sort of in a way. But tell me the details of of okay, you know I'll, what I I'll mean? Just what separates? One, co- I'll give you kosher. one story about okay, good. kosher wine. Um, one time I was in the cellar. Uh, you have to understand, not being a religious Jew, um, I had to um, kind of be one step away from the wine. Oh, yeah, okay. only a religious Jew was allowed to handle it. Oh, oh, wow! So um, one time I was walking through the cellar, and I, I accidentally kicked a hose that was being transferred from uh, wine from the the wine was being transferred from one tank to another, and I kicked the hose, and every the guys saw it, and they they immediately stopped everything, closed all the valves, called the rabbi in Jerusalem. And, no and, way. Yeah, way. <laughs> and uh, and he said, well, pour out all of the wine, sanitize it, and start it up again. All the wine in the hoses. Oh, my not the gosh. Tanks. Oh, good. Yeah. And oh. that that's, you know, that's kosher. So what? <laughs> but now, did he come out? Before all that, and like bless it or something like that. Or? Well, they're what they watch. Okay. Uh, they, they, I mean, wine should always be blessed as far as uh, me absolutely. too. I, yeah. Absolutely, and it is. But uh, I didn't know if it was. That's what made it official. Is if it's blessed it, by a it, rabbi. It's uh, it under. It's it's supervised by a rabbi. Okay. Let's put okay. it that way. Okay. I mean, they're 
there was really no blessing that, okay. that they're doing. They're just watching. Got it. And it's made according to the health laws of the Orthodox right. religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure, it's like in typical, when you filter, fine and filter, you can't use some of the products that might normally, Correct. like, um, What's the one that uses gelatin. the yeah gelatin? It's animal product. Ex- Any animal product. So like ice and glass that comes. Oh, well, that's uh, fish. Um, ice and glass is fish. Which one is the? Um, uh, well, egg. there are. Well, there's eight. Yeah, eggs you can use. Yeah, it just depends on what. Yet you'd have to put it on the label, or you'd have to inform people of what you're using. Okay. And okay. also the product you're putting into the wine has to be kosher. And so that so. Uh, that's more strict because obviously, typically, like here in the U.S., you don't have to identify what products Nothing. you're using. But in that mm-hmm. setting, you would necessarily—they'd have to know what was well, being used. Well, you'd have to tell the people, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Somehow. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. Well, I, I love so. the story of, of Phil um, Steinscriber because you know it actually goes back to your roots. Where your was it your parents that were in concentration? Yeah, they were. Your mm-hmm. parents. Both my parents were in concentration Jeez, camp. How did they get out? <laughs> they survived. You they know, survived how, did, how did they get out? They waited it out. Waited it out. Yeah, until the last days. And really? uh, When were you um, born? 51. And then when did they move to the... Did they move to the United States or were well, they in Israel? Well, what, what happened was is after the war, they were liberated and they were able to um, go to a displaced persons camp. So they sat in a displaced persons camp for four years. Where was that? Waiting for the first boat to That's come crazy. To, to come in for either Israel or for the United States. So um, they finally, one finally came in 1949, and um, and my brother was born in the displaced persons camp. Oh wow! And uh, and they, so they had a baby, and they're on a boat to New York. And then your yeah. dad, you ended up in, was it Los Angeles? Well, my dad started a chicken farm in, in New Jersey oh, um, wow. after a few other now, iterations. I, now, I need to ask yeah. you, because, you know, chickens was the code word during uh, Prohibition for wine, a little black chicken they called That's for right, a bottle of wine. He, would, he wasn't raising black chickens, was no. he? Okay. <laughs> Real chickens. Real chickens. Okay. Real chickens, 30,000 of them. Oh, oh gosh, my. that's chickens yeah. there. Probably. Well, he couldn't make a living. So what you know, he he was buying chicken feed, and and the feed was so expensive he couldn't make a living. He didn't. Oh, he wasn't wow. a great marketer of chicken eggs. <laughs> so um, we just ended up packing up, going in a '55 Plymouth and a U-Haul or a Conestoga <laughs> wagon, and uh, headed out west. One thing for sure yeah. is he knew how to survive. He did. You know he that was never in question. Right. Right. So we headed out west, and that's how I ended up in Los Angeles. And I was in Los Angeles. He started liquor stores. Um, he had no money, and he started a, a store in Compton. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Wow. That was a good story, too. Yeah. We were in the riots in 1963. I bet you, you probably were. remember those. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember going to visit the store after the riots, and there was blood everywhere. Oh, and and And... It smelled like a you know distillery because mm. there were bottles of wine all mm. over. It was thick, 
with bottles. And uh, um, yeah, anyway, he ended up leaving that place uh, a little later on, bought another store in uh, Midtown LA. Oh, good. And then uh, he sold that one and he bought one in Northridge. So I finally got a boy straight out of Compton. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's my boy, baby. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) So anyway, he he started the store in Northridge and uh, was selling wine. I mean, he had had Chateau Margaux on sale for 15 bucks a bottle. Oh, Oh, wow. But of course, $15 in, you know, 1974 terms was was expensive. Anyway, what got me into the wine business was I actually started in Europe. Uh, I flew to Europe, bought a one-way ticket, and put a backpack on, met some guys in Amsterdam, and we hitched up, and uh, we took a combi bus, they call it, a VW bus. Oh, yeah. From Amsterdam all the way down to Greece, and we're in the back seat with a jug of wine. Yeah. And... You know, drinking yeah. a little bit, of course. and looking at the scenery and such, and the scenery was all vineyards. You know, you're going through France, oh, yeah. you're going through yeah. Spain, mm-hmm. going through Italy. It was all vineyards, and had no idea, and it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I thought it was great. So finally, I ended up being broke after <laughs> after about a year. We were all there. Yeah, and and I had to call my dad and. Uh, and he sent me a ticket, and I flew home, <laughs> and I'm sleeping on the couch. He says, Phil, why don't you come into business with me? And I said, okay. <laughs> I right. didn't have a whole lot of choice. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I went into business with him, and I became the wine buyer. Oh. So I knew nothing about wine at the time, other than how to drink Good place um, to start. You know, Lancers, Matus, that's about what oh, we yeah. were oh, yeah. getting into. Oh, yeah. That's my, what I was drinking in the My dad 70s. always talks about Matus. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah, we used it for candle holders. <laughs> yeah, it was Remember such a cool bottle. bottle. It is yeah. a cool yeah. bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Many, many, many candle holders. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That and Lancers. Every college well. dorm in, in the country right. had a Matus candle holder. That's right. <laughs> so, anyway, I had to learn about wine. So, I went back to school. And uh, took some chemistry courses. I thought this would be a great way to make a living, mm-hmm. you know, producing it rather than selling it. Mm-hmm. I'm not much of a salesperson. She is the marketing That's master. Yeah, thank God for Diane. <laughs> thank you, Diane. Diane, in with her stories. <laughs> so um, went back to school, uh, finally went to Fresno State, got my uh, master's degree mm-hmm. in uh, ag chemistry. And uh, they were looking for a winemaker in for to go to Israel. Yeah, I was going to ask how you ended up in Israel. Well, they were they they wanted a, a California winemaker and they wanted a Jewish one. Mm. So, I hello, f- happened to fit the bill. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, um they flew me to Israel and we uh my wife at the time and I decided we would do it. Okay. So, we uh, started a winery in the Golan Heights wow. and I was there for about 2 years. Okay. Came and- back here. Uh, I was in New Mexico for one year. Yeah, oh, so yeah. What, talk about New Mexico because I feel, I know, I know what's the, uh, is it Gruet's, the sparkling wine oh, that yeah. comes out of New Mexico, but I think that's the only wine Me I know too. coming out of New Mexico. Yeah, that's, and That's down in Truth or Consequences. <laughs> that's a town. The TRC. That's right. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think yeah. I knew that. Yeah. Oh, they came, They have some humdinger names like 
uh, Albuquerque. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I mean, like Santa yeah, Fe. Yeah, it's crazy. Which is a good name. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So you ended up in. New so Mexico. I ended up there. Didn't care for the. Uh, well, I was working for for an Anderson Family Vineyards. I don't know if you've ever heard of Maxie. What, what were you growing down there? Hybrids mostly. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but we bought grapes from California. There you go. And we shipped them in. Okay. So, I see. Uh, and I didn't care for the consultant there, so I left. And oh. in 1986, I got a job here in the Napa Valley um, as a winemaker. Uh, I got hired for all of eighteen thousand dollars a year. Big <laughs> mm, bucks, ah, man! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were rolling. That's yeah. true passion for what you're doing. Yeah, and you know, we were able to buy a house. Um, my wife at the time um, uh, was working at a winery as well. Okay. So we're able to buy a house up, actually, up here in Angwin. Oh wow! Oh, okay. so you've been here a while, yeah. Well, we we in bought the house in '87. So, um, yeah, and then I moved out of here in, uh, I was about 2000 or so. Went to Calistoga, and I was there for about 12 years. Oh, good. I love Calistoga. So do I. Yeah, Yeah. it's great. Probably end up back there one of these days, unless I get my house on the lake, which was what Diane wants. Yeah, that'd be nice. (laughs) This isn't isn't so bad up here, though. No, we we dig it. Yeah. (laughs) It's a good place. Diane just poured this wine. Yeah, talk here. about what we're because I'm sitting here. I haven't tasted it yet, and I just keep getting these aromas coming out. I know, and I've been talking to you about of, it a lot. Oh, he, I've heard about this wine so much. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he left the mm-hmm. tasting. He came to telling me all about you, and then when he had the wine, finally get to have it. But just sitting this here, this is smelling a Mount Veeder. I bought a place up on Mount Veeder um, back in the '90s with uh, a couple partners. I was a 50% partner. We, I ended up selling it because I needed some cash at the time uh, later on. Um, but we planted it to eight acres of Cabernet. And, um, and later, I, I sold it to my partners. And later, I had to sell it. My next-door neighbor, her name was Lisa Chu, said that I could get grapes from her anytime I wanted in the future. So I took her up on Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah, that's and better than own it. That's like somebody's boat, you know? That's right. <laughs> yeah, the best yeah. boat to have is your Speaking friend. Of- well, this um, 2016 Mount Veeder is fantastic. It, it, it's can you so, believe the mouthfeel on it? It's so smooth. It's oh. velvet on the palate. Velvet. Oh, thanks. It's, I think that's his signature, isn't it? I try to do that. Yeah, yeah like I, you focus a lot on the mouthfeel of, mouth of, mm-hmm. of the I wine. I did that with Diamond Creek as well. Yeah, I got hired at Diamond Creek in '91. Yeah. I guess I'd never mentioned that. Part. Yes, because that's what, that was where you're. I mean, you, you're still currently the winemaker there, correct? Or? Not a, no, no, not any okay. longer. Okay, um, okay. I was consulting for a while, and okay. uh, um, it was at the end of last year that I decided to move on. Okay. Yeah, I was there for almost 30 years. I knew it'd been a, a long, a yeah. while. So, how many 100 point wines came off of Diamond Creek? I think we got three. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. Oh. And Diane's um, going, it wasn't a weed, dummy, it was you. Yeah. <laughs> Which is true. He's a team he's a team player. Yeah. I try to be. Yeah. Well, I couldn't do it without other people. Right. It yeah. it always takes a team. Mm-hmm. Now I'm consulting for Sherwin Family Vineyards. Oh, he's a uh, great guy. Oh, okay. Steve, you now, know Steve? Yeah. yeah but didn't guy. something burn? Didn't he lose? He burned his winery burned. His down winery, yeah. In twenty twenty. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
but they're rebuilding and uh, they have the most beautiful line. They have a, a three, a two-person line, a three-person line. Um, they have an elevator, takes it up, goes to a destemmer, oh, gets wow. destemmed, goes onto a shaker table, gets shook, and uh, goes onto a uh, optical sorter. Oh, they have an optical yeah, sorter. A Wico, which is a great machine. And the grapes come out just beautifully. I mean, it eliminates 10 people. Yeah, one th- so one for, thing about Sherwin, he doesn't play. Yeah. The guy, whatever he does, he's like the, to the max. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I was going to yeah. talk a little bit. just Good for- fishermen, too. Oh, good. I like him <laughs> there even you better. Go. All kinds of <laughs> things here. Well, always just t- talking about the optical sorter for our listeners again, is that's new newer technology in terms of typically it takes individuals going through and making sure you know you talk about what is it um matter other than grapes mog like picking out anything that's not that's right the grapes so the optical it shoots it out for you and uh it's fat it's high speed computerized obviously uh comes from the as i understand it comes from the blueberry industry oh Oh, that makes sense Uh, yeah Yeah. because Because they're the same size about the same yeah yeah some blueberries are even larger than our Cabernet. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. This year, too, especially. Mm-hmm. The especially drought, this year. This drought year. God, their mm-hmm. berries are small. They're delicious. It's going to be a great year. It's going to be a year. fabulous year. Yeah, it's, so let's dive into that. Like, how was 2021? I'm I mean, he- I know there was I'm the drought, in- so less quantity, but like. Well, the clusters were smaller. The berries were smaller. Um there's going to be a lot of skin-to-juice ratio, mm-hmm. a higher skin-to-juice ratio. And so we're going to end up with deep, dark wines. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. I think of that, all that, the tannin, or, you know, thinking about the um, all the healthy things, you know, the anthocyanins and antioxidants and all of that. Yeah. Good stuff. There's going to be more, there's going to be a lot of that Matter in there. Matter of fact, right? we encourage everybody to drink a ton of 21 <laughs> wine because you're just going to be so healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the biggest antioxidant ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking, when you were talking about how mountain and how the UV and so those skins are getting, you they're know, giving it a hard. suntan, you're getting right. a lot more of the buildup of those. And and also they're very thick skin this year. Mm, uh, the okay. Cabernet is. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is because, is that the drought or what? What led I think I think it is part part it's it's yes it's the drought it's you know it's everything mm-hmm. there's not enough water um, mm-hmm. people had to be careful judicious mm-hmm. with how they were watering this year mm-hmm. so all those things it's like people in 2020 and 2021 we have a lot thicker skin after the last couple <laughs> it's years that's a good so point. are the grapes, right. <laughs> so yeah. the grapes. Well, these grapes from Mount Veter I lost them in 17. Oh. Because of the fire since yeah, oh. they got the smoke tank yeah. right. Yeah. Right. I was scrambling um, uh, to look for things um, in seventeen, and on Pritchard Hill or near Pritchard Hill, Ooh. we found some grapes. Lucky um, you. Well, we were only offered one ton, so oh, I, man. that's all I made. And but they subsequently allowed me to buy grapes until twenty twenty. When there was another fire. Oh, yeah. man. And it started there. 
Well, you guys, if you want a 17, let me tell you something. Go to uh, go right to their website, watermarkwine.com, and, and you better order because there's not going to be a lot of it. No. Yeah. 17 is beautiful, too. 17 it, it is. Great wine. So a yeah. one ton makes about how, many, how much wine? Um, well, we had a ton and a third, so we ended up with 70 cases. Yeah, that's a pretty that's small it. amount that's of it. wine. Well, we don't expect to get rich here. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> we... we we're doing this more as a hobby than anything else. Wow. So. You're do- it's, this is We're glad you're doing del- it. Delicious. So tell us, you know, we talked about Howl Mountain. Tell us about Mount Veter. Yeah. You know, wasn't Robin Williams, didn't he have a place up the vineyard up there? He did. Yeah. What can I tell you about Mount Veter? It's a, where we got these grapes was also at 2150 elevation. Mm. Oh, it oh, was really? that high. And yes. Above the fog line, yes. everything, just like here. Yes. And uh, um, it was really, it's a great site, but it's more of a shale type site. Um, it's not, it's not Howe Mountain. It's not uh, iron rich soils. It's more broken. And how soils. does that impact the wine? How does that, or the, they, the grapes? Again, small grapes, very well drained soils mm, and mm-hmm. uh, um, ends up being tiny berries. Okay. So that's how we get the darker colors. Okay. You know, our buddy Ron Finolio that we did the podcast with, he's, mm-hmm. he, that's where his vineyard is and mm-hmm. Veter Crest. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, you know, it was the name, and it's it's a lot of Mount Veter stuff. But and just mm-hmm. as a reminder, Mount Veter is on the west side of Napa Valley. It's actually in the Mayacamas Mountain between Sonoma and Napa. Correct? Is it right. Mayacamas? Yeah, it's the Mayacamas. Correct. We're in the Bacchus. We're on the Bacchus Range here. Now you're in the Bacchus. Yeah, yeah. but the Mount Veter's yeah. in the yeah. Mayacamas. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Really, cli- really closer to much closer to Napa. It is. Yeah, uh, it's actually more west of Yon, yeah. around that area. Yeah, like due yeah. west of Yon. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just to give everyone, if you can envision your Napa Valley, yeah. where Mount Veter is versus Howe Mountain. Need a map. Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> so your your approach to making a Cabernet Sauvignon, like act like you just threw your arm over my shoulder and said, son, let me let me tell you how I do it. I can't it. give you my secrets. <laughs> oh, crud. Unless you're my son. Oh, crud. <laughs> well, you could trust me and okay. Meredith not to tell. Okay. You just can't tell the people that we tell not to tell anybody. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, again, I, I'm trying to make a wine that has great mouthfeel and concentration. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Accomplishing um, that, for sure. Yeah, right. Got all these. So, uh, and aromatic, if we can get it. Accomplish that. So, I sat here for five minutes just and all like sniffing it. Just yeah. I didn't even have to get my nose in the glass and I could smell it just like an, an a candle sitting mm. next to me. What so, so what's your approach to to wood? Um, I use hundred percent new French oak. New, hundred percent. Hundred percent new French oak only because when you have a large wine, a big wine I should say, not large, a big wine, you put it into wood, it soaks up the wood. Mm. Yeah. And it almost disappears sometimes. So you have to um, give it new wood. Um, if you do it in neutral wood, you're going to get nothing. Yeah. Um, you need that new wood. And you need time. Yeah. It definitely needs time. How long do you usually like to, to keep your, your uh, wine? Cabernet for 22 months. Yeah. 20 to 22. Yeah. just seems to be the, the magic number. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's really tannic, I'll go for a little longer. Yeah, yeah, to soften the tannins. Because the, your the, your wines, I've had the fourteen, the sixteen, and I think maybe the seventeen. Yes. Yeah, and I mean they're 
the balance of the tannins to the acid is like ridiculous. It's a beautiful balance. This is like roller skating on butter. <laughs> I mean, that's one way to. Ex- <laughs> that's interesting. I, I, I can't. I'm getting com- the vision. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't come up with those kind of analogies. All I can think is it's like velvet on my palate. <laughs> roller skating on butter. Not no, sh- no, yeah. No, no. I don't know. We are here with the amazing Diane, his beautiful wife, and uh, I just kind of want to ask you, Diane, what, what's your vision for, for Watermark here? Uh, my vision for Watermark? Well, essentially, you know, we're not going to make a lot of wine. We're not going to try to sell it to everybody. My vision is that we garner a few hundred really good, loyal customers, and we take care of them. I like that. I like that vision. And just to clarify... Is it only Cabernet Sauvignon water make, watermark? We only make Cabernet Sauvignon. And that, I like that. That's putting your passion, and that's why you're making such fantastic. Well, when you figured it out and you're the absolute best, you probably ought to stay there. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> we do grow some Malbec. We, uh, we planted a little bit of Malbec here. You do? Yeah, so we're going to use that for blending. Blending, okay. Okay. But, yeah. I'm, but it's not on its own. Right, okay, gotcha. What if it turns out to be delicious? Then it'll be in the Cabernet, and it'll be delicious. Okay, Cabernet. Okay. So it'll we'll make have, the Cab we'll even have, more delicious. A little bit Bordeaux right. blend style. Yeah. Well, a little bit. I'm hope I'm hoping I can actually uh, get a little bit of Petit Verdot. Mm. Yeah, I know. We okay. we we love that mm-hmm. style, and I and I'm I'm hearing so many of the people that come to the valley. This is where they're leaning. They're leaning towards your style of wine that's softer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with big floral notes and just kind of a delicious cherries in that mm-hmm. versus that boom hits you between the eye tannic mm-hmm. bomb, you know, yeah. that, this, that, that everybody was loving about 10 years ago. Yeah, this is, I mean, I feel like this is a wine because I don't eat a lot of red meat, but I, you know, a lot of times you think cab, you need some hearty meat. I don't feel you need that with this wine because it's soft mm-hmm. enough. It's going to hold up to that, but it, you don't need cheese that. Cheese and crackers. Yeah, no, it's seriously. Like, cheese and yeah, crackers is all. Mm-hmm. Or my a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Be, especially with some now of James's you, cheeses. You were talking about tannic wines, or you were talking yeah. about. That's how Diamond Creek was originally. Yeah, all of okay. them were. All yeah. the big wines. I mean, we, had, we were building monsters. Mostly because of our equipment and, you know, what we were doing in those days wasn't quite what we're doing now. Yeah. Um, you know, we have better viticulture. We have better equipment. Did you have, have temperature-controlled vats then? Didn't. No, that's what no. I thought. No. Yeah, that, so. those glycol temperature-controlled vats are new. I was making wine in, uh, in, in hot tubs. Yeah, I, I've heard the <laughs> stories. Like yeah. big... Uh, is it is it pronounced cast, cast? Yeah, casks. Casks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They mm-hmm. did a lot of wine. You know, you read the that book, Judgment of Paris, and a lot of stuff was up on this hill. And Rutherford, I don't know what a Rutherford Vineyards were. Mikhail Gergrich and mm-hmm. Winowinski and all those guys, and they made it in cedar casks. Yeah, pretty much. God, yeah. how nasty. Yeah. We were doing it in uh, Redwood. <laughs> Redwood, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I'm telling you, little, literally hot tubs. Oh, wow. I turned one into a hot tub. <laughs> Unbelievable. And so what, what flavor does that bring out in a wine? 
I, you, you know, you don't really taste it. You don't? Yeah. Not, there's not a lot of uh, extraction. Mm. That freaks me out because I would think, you know, yeah, would, you, you know, soak it with water first. Oh, oh and get it. And yeah. Then it helps. Okay, that makes sense. Try to neutralize it. Yeah. I mean, I was putting heaters underneath the, the, the uh, hot tubs just to try to warm them up because yeah. I couldn't get them warm. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. Anyway, we've changed the style yeah. as time goes on. Yeah. yeah. Now, we ended up getting some really nice stainless open top fermenters, uh, fully jacketed, like 90%. Yeah. Um, and uh, we were able to control it. Uh, we were able to sort it. Um, we were able to do better viticulture in the vineyards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we watered less, we thinned, we pulled leaves, we did uh, a lot of things, changed a lot of it, and we ended up really with a lot of softer wines, but bigger wines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were really concentrated. Mm-hmm. Really more, more like head training on the uh, on the canopies. Was that new or uh, doing that No, before? we actually changed it to vertical trellising. V- oh, vertical really? Trellising. Okay. I, uh, yeah. And then you said you thinned out more. And oh, we thinned dro- out. Did you draw, tend to drop oh, yeah. I remember, I remember when Al, the owner of the winery, of the vineyards, had, was walking through and he get all upset and everything. I said, Al, just go home and go away. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. He finally listened. When we got better scores, yeah, yeah. And, and he says, okay, just do what you have to do. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so I've been thinking about this since you said it, so I'm going backwards a little bit. Sure. But you said about how you might add Malbec and you wanted to get some Petit Verdot. How does... How do you use that? What is what? How does that add to the wine? I think that's always interesting Good for question, people to yeah. understand. Like, why would even one percent of something would you add it to a Cabernet Sauvignon? Well, when something is as black as this microphone stand, <laughs> which is um, or or a telephone, when it's that dark, it really changes the wines. Mm-hmm. The color of Malbec is just super dark, and when you add it to a Cabernet that's tannic it tends to fix the color. Mm. And, and so you have a more deeply colored wine. Well, how are you getting this beautiful color in this? Yeah. Um, well, I, I could have used a little more Malbec, but uh, that's okay. Um, I think the Cabernet really showed through. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the Petit yeah. Verdot brings that inky Petit Verdot is not as dark as the Malbec. It's real pretty. But it has some other nuances, some other characteristics that that are different than the Cabernet. It's pretty. And it's it's pretty. Yeah, exactly. And the Merlot, you know, you've had... I also did Merlot and uh, Cab Mm. Franc. Oh, okay. Cab Franc's more violet kind of characters so you add that to the Cabernet Sauvignon as well it's like um an artist playing with his palette right in terms of color and what you're doing I think it's such a a good description you know I've never heard someone describe it quite like you have Phil and I like that Mm -hmm. description Mm -hmm. I know it's yeah we'll go for more of that (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'll I'll drink some more of this for sure I feel like you said that your um, wife Diane had a, a couple stories she needed to share with yeah, us. Yeah, so I think I you need thinking. to think you need to have her share her stories that she was going to tell. How we found tell. the place. 
So I heard there's a couple good stories. First of all, how you and Phil met. We always love to know origin stories. So that and also how you discovered this property that we're, this amazing property we're on. Okay. Well, Phil and I met in 2009. Uh, We met online. (laughs) An actual dating service. J-Date. J-Date, yeah. J-Date? J-Date. J-Date, yeah. Oh, wow. For Jews. (laughs) <laughs> who who knew who knew yeah, who i mean knew? yeah wow and were you are you from this area or, or where are you from well no when i met phil i was living in uh, west petaluma oh not too far away so, okay yeah yeah i've been living there for a good 20 years okay you can't tell from her accent where she's from <laughs> well Come originally on. i'm not from california yes <laughs> yes <laughs> I came out to California in 1972. Okay. Okay, so I've been here a while. And um, yeah, our first date, uh, Phil and I went to... Monty's. Monty's, Mm -hmm. right. And uh, he had brought with him a couple bottles of his wine. Were you a wine drinker? Were you a wine drinker? Well, I, I liked good Cabernet, but I didn't drink it very much because I didn't want to spend the money. <laughs> and then I met Phil. He brought two bottles of wine in 06 <laughs> and, uh, and uh, 07. Okay. And uh, I took one sip and said, will you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> Works. No. Hey. <laughs> Not really, no. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I drank it and uh, told him that I liked uh, the 06 better than the 07, and he said, no way, can you tell the difference? And he made me, you know, turn around, and he kept switching the glasses, and oh, to me it was, you know, you? day and night. It was quite obvious, so <laughs> we dated some more after that. Was that a good big selling point that she could pick out the d- difference between the two? Yeah, I, I passed the test. I, I, yeah, I, right. I kind of felt mm-hmm. that. So we got married in 2011, and I moved into Phil's house in Calistoga. And it was the first time I really lived in someone else's house, which was mm-hmm. difficult for me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I kind of was walking around it, and you know, finally I said to him, I said, I'll sell my house. You sell this house, Mm. let's get a place together. And besides that, don't you want your own vineyard? Because up till then, he was working for Diamond Creek. And I mean, that was his place. That was his vineyard. That was, you know, that was him. That was, you know, everything. Yeah. And so he said, yeah, okay. And besides, we're getting on in age. And, you know, eventually you should have your own. (laughs) Yeah. So she, you, you were their inspiration for getting your own vineyard. She was. Yeah, she, that's mm-hmm. what I meant. She was. Yeah. In sp- mm-hmm. yeah, well, you wanted to. Absolutely. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to for a long time. You knew that. So um, we started looking, and we looked at um, many places, all on mountains, because Phil likes mountain fruit, and I kept falling in love with all these different properties, and uh, he never liked any of them. You know, he... He uh, never, they, they came with vineyards, and he didn't like the vineyard, the way it was planted. Uh, the clone, he, he didn't like the house. He wanted a new modern house, mm-hmm. uh, which was really a lie. Yeah, like, <laughs> didn't quite end up the <laughs> If you saw my house. mountain cabin, you'd, you know, you would know that was not the case. Anyway, uh, we, this place came up, and it was bank-owned, 14 acres. 
Mm. And uh, it was vacant for seven years. Oh, we, wow. We had to like bushwhack our way into the house. I mean, there were bats flying around. It was like, oh my gosh. Really kind of creepy, you know, uh, orange shag carpets, green linoleum countertops. You guys have done an amazing job with it. Wow. Well, thank you. It <laughs> <laughs> was a lot of work. Um, so I opened up the door, stuck my head in, and went, no, no way. Let's get out of here. Let's not waste our time. And uh, Phil says, well, let's look. So we looked around, and, you know, it was his worst nightmare. <laughs> um, but anyway, we, uh, you know, we're, you know, ready to leave. And uh, I said, okay, let's go. And he goes, well, let's walk the property. So we walked down this trail that was in front of the house in the in in the forest and Phil kind of we were like, like at the bottom of the hill and Phil kneeled down and he picked up a handful of the dirt of the earth mm. you know and he put his face in it and smelled it and I thought he was eating it I don't know what he was doing <laughs> I'd never seen him do this and all these other houses that we looked at which I was falling in love with and wanted and was crying over. But anyway, in th at this place, he's got his face in the dirt and tasting it, and he kind of glances up the hill and mutters into the dirt, you know, the house isn't so bad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so <laughs> that's when I realized all he really wanted was a place to grow great fruit yeah. and had great dirt. And so here we are, and uh, we spent probably, uh, we're still working on the place. You see this, the green tape on our new doors. Oh, yeah. We finally oh, yeah. got new doors. Yeah. <laughs> A bit by too. bit, you know, the, the place is shaping up. I do love it. I, I never really want to leave. Yeah, and our it's vineyard, amazing. which is now a year old, okay. actually. That, that's second, the second we leaf. We just fish and finished yeah. the second leaf. Uh, finish the yes. second leaf. Mm. Okay. But if you look at the vines, it looks like it's been here yeah. forever. They're huge. They're like six feet tall. And yeah. costs, we got the autumn colors now, and and I'm enchanted. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 that's a perfect it's a word. It's word. very yeah. enchanting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So speaking to that, so when will you, what is it? It's usually three to seven years from when you first We'll have plant? some fruit tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, next wow, year, really? <laughs> next year. Next next time it grows. You'll have okay. You'll have some and will well, that be fruit that you'll be able to make some wine from? Third leaf, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So and then so but it'll be a few years before you'll have it available because then you have to go through the aging and everything. Oh, yeah. So you're uh, yeah, I'll be seventy three and I'll be harvesting with my walker. Oh. <laughs> I'll be well, out there. Well, I'll be keeping. I'll sit up on the porch cheering you on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go cut those grapes. <laughs> you guys seem no. You seem way too young for that to be the case. Well, that's exciting though to think about in a few years yeah, that it'll be, it'll you'll be. have wine from your own own that's vineyard, right. own property right. is really exciting. Well, brother, I'll tell you, I can't thank you enough. This was awesome, wasn't it, Mary? Oh my gosh, this is better than you even told me it was. Like, amazing. <laughs> Sitting at the feet of the giant. This is fantastic. And But we have to mention Charlie, too. Oh, hey, Charlie. Yeah. Char because he's, Charlie. Charlie's been laying here so quietly. He's, he's, he's that way. Yeah. He's your vineyard dog? He is, is an, our everything dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, he's our child. He's yeah, a, yeah, I, yeah. I, can re I can relate to yeah, that. He's a sweet boy. <laughs> yeah. Nine years old, and he loves it here. Uh, I just had to, we have to give a shout I can't neglect to mention the shout out to Charlie. The four legged <laughs> fur children that yeah. sometimes are at our feet. 
the chaser and the crusher. Yes. But yeah, it's great. And guys, you, you want if you don't go wine. on to <laughs> watermarkwinesingular.com, and what they've offered to do is if you mention Major Crush, they're going to give you a 10% discount on the uh, on the wine. So we and their prices are ridiculous. I mean, this wine we're nap- drinking is 350, right? No, two fifty for you. Two uh, buy it for me. Okay, <laughs> but what about somebody that calls in and does? Well, it? then they're going to get a ten percent discount off of eighty-two dollars. I mean, I'm telling you for what so Napa Valley cab prices are. So that'll be seventy-four dollars. This is guys the best ever, the best seventy-four dollar wine I've ever had in my life. I'm oh, going to be thanks. taking a few bottles with me. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I feel you. I need to get a few of these back to New Orleans. Oh god. Oh. So Meredith, now you know why I called you immediately and thought this is the perfect wine for the Vint collection. It's a, it's an absolute home run. Right? I mean, you're like you mentioned, you're right by Dunn. It's Mount mm-hmm. Veter. Mm-hmm. Like you can't go wrong. Yeah, we what we wanted to do, Phil, is all these investors in, in these incredible wine packages will never taste them. Mm-hmm. So Meredith and I thought, why don't we try to pick some of our absolute best of the best that Napa Valley has to offer. And these are this is actually going to be one of the wines in the collection. And along with the Tokalon, we're doing a Tokalon wine from Judge Palmer. And we're doing a, a 2011 Stag's Leap from uh, Handwritten. So those six bottles are crazy price. Guys, we only have 12. Only 12. And we love that we have something special like the watermark because we got to you got to sit down and hear your story. And I, I think it makes it even more special. It's so cool. Thank you so much, buddy. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, guys. As of the drop date of this podcast, we only have a few of our Vint Napa Valley Winemaker Box collections left. And believe me when I tell you, this is an amazing deal on three of the very best Cabernet Sauvignons in the whole valley. So be sure to check out our show notes to find a direct link to this collection and for a link that takes you to the Watermark website too. Next week is our final episode of season five, and we couldn't be more excited or more honored by the person we had the chance to interview. Her name is Karen McNeil, and she's the author of The Wine Bible. We can't wait to share this episode with you, so see you next week.